Alex Hayes on the podcast. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How's everyone doing today? Um, it's been a while since I've sat down and done the podcast. I know, but life's been hectic and life has been great. And I'm si- sitting down with one of my best mates, Sam Evans. We've chat about we've chatted about doing a podcast for quite a while now. Oh, it's finally happening. It's finally happening. We've just had an F45 session, a cardio session that involved a lot of awkward body movements and a lot of awkward jumps that made you want to spew the whole really, time. Really got me that one. Uh, I haven't really been doing too much training the past couple of weeks either, so this one was a real real punisher. I feel like you and I are quite in sync. Like we'll have a mm. really cut good couple of weeks slash months and then nothing. Yeah, I mean... I'm I mean, like, you've been training, but... I'm like all in and then when I'm not all in, I'm like all out, Yeah, you know? It's kind of a balance of being great and then being terrible, I feel like. That's it. But Sam, so, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening already know you because we hung out quite a lot and it's been quite a few years. But for anyone that doesn't know you, I wanted to give a little bit of insight about who, who is Sam Evans? What are, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> right, Because, I mean, for me to give you a little, little bio, it's quite hard for me to actually talk about you because there's so, there's so much I can say. <laughs> if I had to try, I would say you're the most talented con- content creators in the world and a human with the biggest heart and nothing but everyone's best interest in mind. Aww. And I wrote that at breakfast this morning. Thanks, and I was man. like, I feel like that was appropriate to say. Well, yeah, well, you and I go back a long way, man. Yeah. Like we, um, like people obviously see us as mates now, but I don't think a lot of people realize we've been mates since high school. Like mm. We went to the same high school. Yeah. Back when I was in year seven and you're in year six or like. I think you're two years yeah, above. Yeah, two years above. St. Augustine's. So yeah, we've been the OGs, mm. but um, no, it's been so cool, kind of, we've been coming in and out of each other's lives at different phases, and um, but it's kind of cool, like I said to you the other day, that we kind of, our lives can't seem to keep coming and intertwining back together, um, and we have so many mutual friends, and mm. we kind of, uh, our, both of our industries and careers kind of keep overlapping, it's super fun, but um yeah. It's really cool. It's a, it's a really special relationship because we've there's been so many phases. I remember one of my greatest memories, uh, I think you already know what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, me and Sam went to the same school and I used to sing and so did Sam. And every, I think it was like quarterly at school, there'd be like performances in the school auditorium. And I remember going to my first ever one, being so nervous, so scared. Um, so fearful of like singing in front of a crowd because it was my, my biggest fear and I remember pulling up and, and the f- first person to sing was it was you Sam Evans Shit. and you sung Yellow by Coldplay and I remember thinking wow this it was pretty one of my, I think it was one of my first memories of you yeah and it was you singing and you nailed that and that's what gave me the confidence to then go and do my song crazy and then it's crazy how many other areas that you have honestly helped me push myself into I mean I remember going to the school dances and you were the school DJ yeah in the, in the production oh. crew and I all I wanted to do was Wasn't join the production fun? crew oh so fun not only because the, the music itself was fun but also just because lunch school oh got off so much literally school. the school bought all this amazing sound equipment and had no idea how to use it so they just got a guy in to come and train the students and then they're like every time there was an assembly or a concert they're like yeah all right you guys can have the day off school go and set it up it's like perfect yeah have pizza lunch tactical the school dance with the school dance days were the best yeah pizza for lunch could wear whatever but um 
Yeah, it's coming. It, music, yeah, a lot of people don't know music is kind of where everything started for mm. me. And um, yeah, it's still so much a part of my life, but in a different way. Um, yeah, I used to sing, play guitar and left the school that we were at together and went um, to another school over in the inner west called Newington uh, on a music scholarship. And uh, yeah, kind of loved music and still love music but yeah lost my voice or like kind of hit puberty the old puberty that <laughs> good old testy pop yeah <laughs> throws a spanner in the works but um you yeah. know what when you sing baby by justin Bieber. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah dude like hit, hit a moment where i couldn't really sing that great anymore kind of a little bit of external pressure from people making mean comments and stuff kind mm. of put, threw me off my game a little bit yeah but kind of found at the same time that I kind of lost my immediate passion for music, kind of found filmmaking and that's where my life took a turn that would inevitably uh, change, alter the course of the rest of my life. Yeah, well, because in those moments, you didn't know where it was going to lead to, right? I mean, nah. you, you, you kind of lost in a world of like wanting to create, but you don't know where it can lead. Yeah. And because you, you, you also did, um, a, didn't you do a two-year video course as well or like you went to a entertainment yeah, school after high after year 12 i went to film school um this after the australian film television and radio school and um did a year diploma there um and graduated from there with a diploma but like didn't really learn anything that i hadn't already learned by like looking it up on youtube or like mm. doing it myself and just learning they the film school's great for teaching you how to go and work in the film industry, like how to walk onto a TV set and be able to work with other people and, and the different roles and the hierarchy of filmmaking, but didn't like, wasn't necessarily satisfying for me because I wanted to be doing new stuff and different stuff. And they were kind of, this is the way that the industry has, mm. has worked. This is the way it's always done. So yeah. while film school was really cool for developing my skills professionally and working with other people, it wasn't great for like, like you, when you feel like when you just come out of school, you're creative and you want to try all these new random different ideas and film school was about like conditioning you out of that and how to like make you fit into the, the industry industry. Yeah. So like, yeah, did a year of film school, left, went traveling with my friend Hayden Quinn to Bali mm. and pretty much, yeah, went to Bali and met a bunch of people that were kind of on Instagram for the first time. Um, I remember there was this guy there and he just kind of just started Instagram, just put up his first YouTube video and he had like 80,000 followers. I'm like, holy shit. Like I thought Instagram was for like your mum and your dad. Like, yeah. I didn't realize people had more than a couple hundred friends on Instagram. I thought it was just for your close friend group. And here's this guy r roughly the same age as me uploading epic videos of him traveling the world and reaching an audience that was literally the people the same age as him that loved what he was doing mm. and he was blowing up um and yeah that that dude was fucking jay alvarez yeah. like and then literally i remember sitting there with him it was just after he posted his first like jay and alexis video he was like refreshing his account and he was growing like twenty thousand followers every half an hour and yeah it was just kind of a bit of a trip to like see someone same age as me using filmmaking to like harness a complete other aspect of living and it mm -hmm. kind of for me then i saw it as a lifestyle rather than a career choice yeah 
Yeah, I think we're very lucky in that sense. Like, oh yeah, it's, we're very lucky to have grown up in this time where there's all this opportunity. But um, I remember watching all all that Bali content because I hadn't seen you. when you moved schools. We kind of lost touch, yeah. and like I didn't see didn't see or really hear from you in a very long time. I think you came to like the odd school dance at Saint Augustine, yeah, DJ once, and that was it. Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, after watching those videos, and because I, I had just kind of started doing the Instagram stuff too, and I, that, that was around the same time that I posted that fake shark selfie. Yeah. And so I had a like, you know, little measly like 40k or something. But back in the day, that was quite a bit. And that's when we started linking and doing some video stuff too. We went to Jump Rock. Yeah. We skated yeah, true. around there. Oh, and, um, oh my god, I forgot what, about that. What else did we do? Did we do something video. We went to Castle Rock, but I think that was further down the track, but. Yeah, we started connecting and actually yeah. um, collaborating, which is fucking really cool. Because there's no one else in the Northern Beaches or in Sydney, or even Australia. There's no one in Australia doing... Well, yeah, it was a, at that time, it was just like the world of content creation and travel influencing, like whatever that is, was only just kind of taking form. And like, yeah, I think it was right place, right time for both of us. And it was cool to be kind of like exploring what that could be together. Yeah, and in this time for us of both exploring our potential and opportunities, dealing with, you know, like kind of the, the tall poppy syndrome in Australia of yeah. people that aren't realising that what we are doing has an actual future. Because mm-hmm. at, at the time, it was just like social media is such a short-term thing, like don't waste your time on Instagram. Go, like as you were saying, go to the traditional film school, like only certain ways to do things. And when you're doing things differently, people didn't really like that back in the day. And it did make it kind of hard, I feel like. Yeah, um, it, like even for like my parents, for example, like they've always been so supportive, but even them at that point were like, where's this kind of all going? We, we, you're clearly having some success with it because you keep getting asked to travel to different places, but like, well, where is this going? And I said, look, I understand this is probably quite random. I, it's random for me, but like, just give me one year to kind of just chase it and see where I end up. And after that year, if nothing's happened, then let's look at like what I can do that's more traditional. And that was kind of then put a bit of a pressure and a, mm. and a kind of held me accountable to kind of try and work hard and stick my head down. And that's when, yeah, just shit kind of just blew up and went, went crazy. It was just traveling, yeah. literally. I went to Europe for a couple of months and just was creating as much content as I can. It was a beautiful time as well because it wasn't wasn't getting paid by brands. It was just creating content for yourself, which would then like grow my audience, which would then kind of lead to more travel opportunities, like people approaching me to travel with them or like brands not paying me, but like, hey, we'll pay for you to come here, create content. I miss those days, man, because I feel like a little bit more these days, it's about just like, doing it for work because yeah. at the end of the day like it, it is a business just despite it being a lifestyle and us having fun like you've got to like i'm trying to save to buy a house at the moment yeah. like it's it's um you've got to make it a business to support yourself because otherwise inevitably when one day when this instagram and social media mm-hmm. kind of slows down you've got to have something to show for it but it's just like um growing with it yeah. and transitioning whatever your career is to make it like it just adapting, and I feel like you've done a great job at that because I mean you've worked with some pretty incredible brands, yeah. Like Samsung, Audi, yeah, GoPro, like just to name a few. They're three of the most major brands in the world. Yeah, I, I guess I'm 
I guess I am kind of grateful to go to to have gone to film school because it did teach me a lot about how to like how to um, carry yourself as a professional and 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 work as a professional. So that when I did get the opportunity to kind of work with <clears throat> work with some of those bigger brands, like I did, kind of ha- carry myself with a level of professionalism that made them want to keep working with me. So I am kind of grateful in that sense. But that being said, like you can learn all the things that I've learned online these mm. days, you know? Um, but yeah. I always say that if you really want to learn something and if you're really passionate about something, you'll find a way. Exactly. And like, literally these days, there's nothing you can't learn by going to YouTube and typing how to blah. Yeah. How to like, how to, uh, best top 10 tips for this Canon one, the X Mark II, yeah. or like how to how sing to... Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how to get professional shots with low budget. Like, there's so mm. many little hacks that you can find on the internet that's gonna enhance your, your workflow and your creativity and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, the, great opportunity, time. the opportunity is there, definitely. What a time to be alive. Seriously. <laughs> um, so, you've been doing a lot of tours now you've been making videos for quite a lot of really cool people as well like mm-hmm. hey james yeah one of the biggest producers in australia right now and growing and yeah it's really fun because like like i said like i started off as a musician and then transitioned to film so it's cool to kind of go back to music through the lens of a filmmaker and kind of because i kind of always had these dreams of becoming a musician mm. and it's kind of even though i didn't necessarily get to become a musician i now get to create content and and show off a musician Mm. and working with Hayden is just a dream because I before I even met him I loved his music and his music just resonates with me so so hard and um yeah it's cool to kind of then meet him and and be able to work with him and and speak his language like knowing music and knowing yeah how musicians think it's cool to be able to take that and apply it to filmmaking and then kind of get really creative it's a, it's a beautiful synergy and you actually um you produce you know how to produce very yeah. well and you used it for a huge campaign recently you produced a song for a major campaign yeah i guess the hardest part with doing filmmaking is like finding you'd know this mm. like finding good music to use for your videos that that creates the vibe because like massive part of filmmaking is like finding the right music that creates the vibe and mm. um sometimes when you're working with big brands, obviously you have to get the the licensing. You have to legally be able to use the music that you're using, and to use good music for a big brand usually costs a lot of money in music licensing. Like, for example, I wanted to license a song from Louis the Child once for even just for one of my own videos. It wasn't even branded, and they wanted to charge me like twenty thousand US dollars to use it in my YouTube video, which is like. And it's not commercial. Not commercial. Like, I wasn't making any money. It's just a fun YouTube video. So imagine if I had have been working for uh, an Audi or a Samsung, how much mm. that price would have gone up. So it's just... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, like, it's cool to be able to um, know it, roughly what I want and kind of find a song that the client likes and then go, all right, I'm going to change that and make it my own and, and reproduce it myself mm. so that I own all the copyright. And, yeah, I did that for Samsung and, yeah. It's it's a lot of extra work, but it's it's very satisfying because in the end, it's it's all you and you own that from the music through to the, the video. So. Full circle. 
everything yeah. your full package that's the dream i know you're like i can't wait to see i can't wait for the day when you release your own epic film reel and oh. your song like is yours like you I, get, I feel like you're getting super close to that next year next year it's my goal next year for sure yeah music videos watch this cool. space <laughs> watch this space and listen to this <laughs> 2020 is like without being being cliche but i really feel like a lot of people that I know are in this weird phase in life where 2019 is kind of like it's been a success but I feel like it's been an internal success for a lot of people yeah. like for me it's, I've, it's been an incredible year for growth and for you as well like you've moved out home recently you've found a beautiful girlfriend and you really got like you really got your direction yeah you know you kind of know where you're going and I feel like I kind of feel the same too and so 2020 is just like a new kind of refresh and mm. then implement this new strategies of like moving forward I guess and it's fucking really exciting I don't know if it's just me, but I definitely feel like in 2019, a lot of people kind of, especially in our world on social media with Instagram and YouTube, kind of had a little bit of a struggle with kind of finding their own identity and kind of where is this all going? How do I fit in? What is this? Why, what, what, what's the point of all this? And I guess for me, I had that earlier about through the middle way of the year and it kind of made me turn inwards on myself and kind of go, right, well, before I kind of keep going and putting more more and more stuff on the internet i need to kind of figure out who i am and mm. and what this all means to me and and um where i sit in this world and um yeah it was a like you said it was a big internal year for me kind of getting myself prepped and ready for for what's next and mm. yeah i feel like 2020s it's time to go yeah it's, it's really it's, good it's like it's, it's, <laughs> it's like you know you got to take those steps backwards to really leap forwards and i'm a huge believer in that yeah like from the outside in people might perceive people might perceive you as like not doing doing too much but you're doing the most because like you're growing internally and that's you know when you fully know yourself you know your, yeah. your skills and strengths so you can use them um and you, so you you're saying about you kind of like wanted to find yourself and find your purpose a little mm -hmm. bit i know that back in the day you tried daily vlogs yeah and that was a really intense time so handy. and you were killing it you like yeah. your videos were insane on like netflix quality every single day <laughs> but oh, i mean i i know because i've tried daily vlogs as well and the amount of work and time that comes to editing especially when it's your own vlogs you're watching yeah. yourself all day you film mate, you're filming yourself all day and then you're sitting down all night watching yourself as watching yourself as a person but also like as a character yeah. editing it trying to maintain a like, really good video but also like questioning like do i look weird or like is this weird how does it's, this make me look yeah like, like it's, yeah. A, it's a really really weird thing especially when you know that it's going to go out to yeah. you know, a couple hundred thousand people potentially shit it's it's a real wig out and for for young people that are, have brains developing it's it's a lot of pressure mm. and there's a lot of you know weight and i guess anxiety that comes with that because you kind of overthink who you are and i know that's definitely that definitely happened to me when i was doing vlog because i was like switching on for the moment for the, for the camera like i'm not saying i was being a fake personality but like i was being an eccentric version of myself exactly yeah. which no one's gonna watch a, a dull like yeah. tired version of alex exactly yeah <laughs> i'd still watch it <laughs> <laughs> thanks man but um it's just like it's a bit of a wig out and so you start questioning like kind of who you are on camera so, mm. so it's like and then you, you stop for a while yeah i just burnt out to be honest to put completely honest and kind of hit a really probably like the worst depression I've had thus far in my life. I mm. like, yeah, I'm literally went from zero to a hundred. Like I was traveling in Europe. YouTube was fun for me at that time. Like, and it's, it's always been fun, but like 
had about 800 followers or subscribers and had about 30 videos of all my travels throughout Europe. And then I met this vlogger in the UK called Alfie Days, or Pointless Vlog. Mm. Uh, he like DM me on Instagram that, hey man, I love your Instagram photos. I see you're in London. Do you want to hang out? I'd love for you to show me how to use this camera I've got. I'm like, awesome. Shit, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out. Went onto his account. He's got like 2 million followers on Instagram. He's got like 10 million subscribers on YouTube. He's massive. Shit. <laughs> I didn't even know what vlogging was back then, really. Like I, I'd seen some vlogs from some of my like people that I looked up to on YouTube, like Fun for Louis. And then I go and hang out with Alfie. And uh, he's vlogging everything. And then he's like, oh, let's go to lunch. And Fun for Louis was at lunch. And you're <laughs> like, like, what? One of my like literally would like at school would at lunchtime would go to the library and watch Louis's daily vlogs every day and then go to lunch with Alfie and Louis sitting there at lunch and I'm literally sitting in the daily vlog of these two people like when my life literally is just like yeah. gone from zero to 100 and then at the end of both of their vlogs that day they were like hey so we've just met Sam he's he's really great guy he's just started his YouTube channel you should go check it out and Alfie's vlog that day got like two and a half million views. And within the space of a month, I like grew to like 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. So like, And your Twitter as well. And my Twitter, like I didn't even use Twitter, Neither but like <laughs> Alfie, Lynch, I had zero posts on my Twitter. Started, Alfie's like, you should start Twitter. Tweeted me and I got like 30,000 subscribers from, in Twitter in like half an hour. Yeah. But like, I mean, that didn't really mean anything to me because like I don't, still don't really understand the concept of Twitter, but... Mm. Um, yeah, my YouTube, like I've just, I've kind of grown up watching Louis daily vlog and kind of dreamed of, oh, wouldn't that be cool? And then all of a sudden I went from being just a kid having fun traveling Europe to like, I now have an opportunity to like mm. be a daily vlogger. Yeah. And I just wasn't like, I feel like to be a daily vlogger, you have to kind of like earn that and like work hard over a few years. Mm. Whereas even though I was working hard and I was making travel videos for fun that's the difference between making like a three minute travel video and like a 10 minute daily vlog every day every day and so i kind of just started doing it without really thinking and i committed to my very new very engaged audience that hey i'm gonna make a video every day and they were coming i was getting like a hundred thousand views on every daily vlog for the first like 10 days and yeah it was crazy like from having no one interested in what i was doing to having what seemed and felt like everyone yeah interested in what I was doing and yeah like I'm such a perfectionist and I used to spend so long making those little travel videos that I expected the same of myself doing the longer vlogs and it was great like I yeah like you said like the I, I felt the quality was really good and it was and I was really enjoying it but you literally do a whole day of filming you sit down at like six or seven o'clock at night to start the edit I wouldn't finish editing it till midnight 1am and then you're polishing it you're exporting it that leaves you at 2am you've then got to upload it internet speeds in australia aren't that fast so you've got 3am finished uploading you've then got to write your bio do your thumbnail i'm in bed by 3 30 and then you've got to be up at nine i'd probably sleep in until 9 30 10 a.m to do it all again mm -hmm. so like literally just ran myself into the ground and uh yeah burnt out and then dealt with the backlash of committing to people doing a daily vlog of them going I knew he, I knew he couldn't keep up with it like where are you Sam like yeah someone kind of related it to me like imagine you 
go for lunch every day with your best friend and then one day you don't show up and your best friend's sitting there waiting for you you've let them down and they're gonna send you a text being like what the fuck like and then they're not gonna show up to the next lunch that's exactly what happened and it kind of went from zero to a hundred then back to zero Mm -hmm. and left me kind of going shit shit, like what what am I like I kind of screwed it up and then kind of went into this heavy stage of depression and kind of yeah just self (laughs) self hatred hatred like there was so many emotions it was like kind of relieved that I wasn't under the microscope anymore but kind of missing it but kind of like oh have I ruined my like future and, Mm. and potential now like so then yeah there was a good six months of kind of trying to find where I fit and have every time you see one of your other YouTuber or creative friends, oh, hey, like, what happened to the daily vlogs? And having to then explain what I just told you, like, that in itself is quite depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's, a really, it's a really hard thing to understand because oh, there's so many layers to it. There's so much yeah. expectations that you put on yourself. But I think I'm in a better place now. Like, I don't really upload YouTube videos that often, but when I do upload, I try and make it as good a quality. Like, mm. um, every year... I do a kind of a recap of what I've done that year for um, like brands, personal, like as a kind of montage. And those I kind of put all everything into, like I spend months on them and that they're my most proud videos. And yeah, I've got I, one of I them. I look forward to them. Yeah, I've got one of them coming. I haven't done one in two years. I actually skipped last year and I've got a two year one coming up um, in around February. Um, I'm very excited about it. Like, like with anyone like creative I feel like you're constantly growing and getting better and each time we release one you're prouder and prouder and uh, like yours like every time one comes out like such a leap in the quality and the and the um, cinematic nature of it oh thank you yeah you just want to keep getting better exactly there's no point you know we're growing but yeah we're in a good place now I feel very um, Mm. grateful to have gone through that because do you not go through those things you don't grow and then mm. you keep making the same mistakes so yeah we're in a good spot I feel like yeah I feel like we are in a great spot and but to be in those great spots you had to have gone through quite a bit yeah. and I mean that that is a lot to have gone through but also you had a motorbike accident right yeah and that's a very heavy thing to deal with yeah I nearly lost my leg in Bali yeah. um, that's yeah. just that's a huge life <laughs> moment and you've dealt with it all before the age of 22. Yeah, I um, got a blood infection after falling off my motorbike and cutting my knee open and um, flew back to Australia. And when they, I woke up from surgery, they said, you're about 12 hours away from like the infection taking over your leg and us having to amputate your, your right leg. So it was like, shit, like, <coughs> that, yeah. It was a bit of a wake-up call to like kind of you're not invincible. I think yeah. when you're younger, you kind of just going at 110% all the time. But yeah, kind of prompted me to kind of reassess where I'm at and how, how important life is. And mm. that's where I actually made a montage video off the back of that, which yeah. is my proudest video to date. Um, yeah, it's a tough, tough act to follow that one. But yeah, it was a really important time in my life. Yeah, so that's what reminded me when we were talking about videos because I remember watching that and it was it was incredible. It yeah. was such a leap from adventure videos to like a story. Yeah. Like there's adventure videos and montages and then that was like a meaningful story and an adventure montage that was fucking epic. 
Hell yeah, you made me just excited to go home and edit. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, so you've got two years. You've got two years of personal growth that you can turn into a yeah. story. I'm just trying to figure out how that, how to make that It'll happen. engaging it, story, it, you know? I feel like with those videos, you can't approach it with an idea. Like, yeah. you have the footage, you go, you spend the days and whatever going through, you know, selecting the high quality clips yeah. you want to use and putting them in certain folders like lifestyle, adventure, adrenaline, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. blah. And then you put them on the timeline. You're there, you're just like, all right, what do I do yeah. now? And then the moment you start, you're just like, one thing kind of makes sense, one thing won't. And then like, you just kind of like, your flow kind of starts. That's where I'm up to right now. I've got, I've gone through all the clips and I've got about three hours of, I'm sitting in, on a three hour timeline right now. Of bangers. Of, of like, they're like <laughs> the red hot gnarly shots. Fuck. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, I've got to, I've got the, I've picked my songs and now I've got to, um, yeah, I've got to get three hours into about 11 minutes. So far out. Yeah. No, I'm excited though. It's a, it's not a bad problem to have. It's a personal challenge. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, every time you finish one of those big edits, you feel like you've climbed a mountain yeah. and it just shows you what your threshold is for, for workload. Mm. Like it's, um. Every single cut in a video, I always say, is a decision that you've had to make, and and it's a puzzle. It's like a Rubik's cube, and how it all fits together, and the and the the uh, the sequence of how everything goes. It's always a yeah, it's always a massive um, hurdle. Yeah, it's a massive undertaking. Yeah, especially when you're really passionate about it because you want it to be good and you know the potential of it. I I had a huge struggle with the Molokai documentary. When I like, oh, yeah. Molokai, and then I edited the three um, part series with it, and that was so hard. I remember looking at the time, I remember watching like, you edit that, like, like, and coming and visiting you throughout that edit, and just being like, oh, I do not envy him right now. <laughs> no, it's, it was hard, but it, as you said, I yeah. feel like it climbed three mega mountains, and it was awesome because then you, you, you like, you know, tell yourself you can do it from there on. Right? Finish it, put it out to the world, and then. Yeah, you just get a mate, like, when the feedback comes back from your audience and your following, it's, it's, it's so satisfying. Um, yeah, and it just makes you go, what? What's, what's next? Yeah, what's next? What's next? I, can, I can do anything now. Yeah, 100%. So, such a good feeling. So, you produce music, make movies, DJ, you chase adrenaline, you've skydived several times, as well as jumped off quite a lot of cliffs. Yeah. How do you manage fear when approaching these uncomfortable situations? Oh, it, it changes a lot. Um, it, I'm definitely not as fearless as I used to be for what we spoke about before. Um, but I think, yeah, like it, um, when you're in those moments and you, you, your mind's kind of running through the scenarios and the fear starts to kick in, I think it's once you've analyzed the risk and for me, I analyze the risk now and go, is this going to injure me to a point where I can't do the things that I love to do, like work and travel. Once that is clear and I go, this is now a mental battle of, I, can I, can I get myself through this and can I do it? It's almost like a accelerated meditation, I think. And I think you'd, you'd know all about this. Like I've skydived, but strapped onto someone else. I don't actually have to jump. Like you, hang off the bottom of a helicopter and then let go. Like that's a whole nother game itself. But I think, yeah, when you're like about to send it off a cliff and there's an element of risk and, and fear, it's such a, a blissful thing when like you calculate and then you execute and you nail it. And it's like, 
don't know. It's just like... There's no words. You're in control and it's just this supreme feeling of being completely in control of your mental and physical state. And I think that's that's when we as humans are like most elite and most kind of at our top is when yeah. we are We're completely in, instinctually in, instinctively in control of ourselves. Yeah. And it's, 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 yeah, makes me operate at such a high level mm. and that rubs off into all elements of life. Yeah. I, um, on, on the topic of like fear and, you know, of jumping off shit, I jumped off a pretty big like jetty two weeks ago or like a week and a half ago. I saw that. It was wild. And, um, it's look, it's been a while. Like I haven't been doing as much. I mean, as you were saying before, like as you kind of grow a little bit older and I've been doing a lot more stuff and the, um, my perspective on like, I don't want to hurt myself because I've got so much going on. So I'm like, I still do crazy shit, but I, I analyze a lot more. I take calculated risks because I don't want to hurt myself doing something stupid yeah. because also all the people that have been telling me that I'm going to hurt myself are going to say, I told you so. And I fucking hate <laughs> that. So I, I, for myself, I don't want to hurt myself, but also for that reason. So I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that I know I'm doing the right thing when I'm pushing myself. Mm. It's like finding the balance between pushing myself to find out what I can do and also just like not being an idiot. Yeah. Um, but the reason I brought that up was when I was doing the, these um, jumps that I've always wanted to try a double gainer. And that, a, a single gainer is something that I was freaking out to try like five years ago when yeah. I first did one because it's the whole concept of jumping forward and then spinning backwards spinning backwards and like because you've just jumped off a rock your mind knows there's a rock behind you but you're that's where you're putting your head so yeah. like if anything's going to hit it's your head your head's the first thing to fall backwards yeah it's just a weird it's a really weird thing so i mean i've done a lot of practice and i've you know put a lot of time in a jump rock um but yeah when i was doing this cliff jump i was freaking out because i was at the top looking down it was probably one of the highest jumps that i've first of all done a double backflip off and that felt incredible and then what was what was probably the scariest thing for me actually was because the um, the jetty or like the wharf was about 300, 400 meters out and there's like a resident great white shark that lives there. Uh. And the water's deep. So I'm jumping in and then I'm not seeing the bottom. Like yeah. the water's pretty cleary, like murky and like I'm just swimming in and I'm freaking out and uh. telling someone else to jump in because I didn't want to be alone. I took a couple <laughs> of rounds of doing that. And then I did my first double gainer on like the kind of smaller side. And then I was like, shit, like... I'm going to go to the end and the, the drone was out and everything was there and I was like this is the moment yeah. I can't back down from I know I can do it I just know that I I, I visualise in my mind that I'm not going to allow myself to fuck up because I feel like when you just take those leaps I mean obviously put a lot of thought into it <laughs> don't just jump off random shit yeah, and it's yeah. stupid but like I really thought about it and I visualised it and I visualised myself landing it and you know, I backed myself and then I did. And then when you, when you pull off something that you are really scared of, but you find that self-backing, it's the best feeling in the world. I remember running up the beach. Like I had so much energy. I'm like punching the air, like screaming. Yeah. There's no one around. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I'm like, I'm back. I'm, my, my mojo is back. And I'm just like on such a high because I've overcome a little fear. And because it, it, it hadn't been a while before. I mean, it had been a while since me kind of pushing myself in that aspect of adrenaline that I was just happy to be back. It's nice that you're jumping into a uh, a blue ocean rather than a tiny two by two pool. It's good yeah, to see. <laughs> I think I think those days. Oh. Of, I mean, I've jumped off a lot of heavy roofs in Bali. Mate, I still remember seeing a video of you do a backflip off a roof of a villa into mm. a pool, yeah. and your head was must have been God knows how close to the edge of the pool, and that literally mm. turned me off doing any kind of 
flips into any kind of enclosed in, enclosed space. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I nearly watched my mate just die. Seriously, like, yeah. Oh, I, I have never. It gives put, me shivers thinking about that. Yeah, video. I've oh. never put that video anywhere. No, nah, it's because yeah, it's, it's for I don't want my I don't want my fucking parents to see. No, that of course not. But that that whole experience was a huge lesson. Oh, and and since then I haven't done it. Like I just don't want to put myself in that situation. It's just not worth it. It's just simply not worth it. Yeah. But when the environment's safe and controlled, it's, it's nice to be able to take those risks, knowing that the yeah. worst thing that can happen is you land on your back and you yeah get the wind taken out of you and yeah. then you, like it's fine. Well, yeah, like, like if I if I fucked up two weeks ago. Kind of the worst thing that would happen is I would really just slap the water, yeah, and or get eaten by a shark, like <laughs> to you know yeah, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. but when you're jumping off villas in Bali and into a small space, it's you know just the smallest movements really matter. So mm. I, you know that's just just really not worth it. Um, but yeah, dude, that video was scary. I I want to put that up soon. <sighs> Maybe for my next adventure adventure montage. Yeah, adventure montage. I can't even say that. Um, little story about things that. I learned from but on that subject what what are some things that you found in your life and your kind of career that has been pivotal um for me uh this applies to like friendships working with brands um family relationships um loyalty is a massive thing that um I've always had, but I've, I've, it's kind of been enforced that it's something that's so important in life for me, um, is loyalty, um, because loyalty builds trust and trust builds strong relationships and strong relationships build incredible moments within your life. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, loyalty is a massive one for me. Um, another one would probably be hard work. There's nothing that can ever replace just sticking your head down and doing what needs to be done to, to get the job done. And that's kind of been apparent to me through all my biggest jobs that I've ever done, um, the biggest editing jobs I've ever done, the, um, the, the, the shitty jobs that you have to do in everyday life. Like just nothing can replace hard work, but there's nothing more rewarding when you do the hard work and you get to celebrate that, that win. Mm. So, um, I guess yeah. It's always it's always easier to take the easy way out and to do it half-assed, but you never have that true sense of um, fulfillment and excitement if you haven't done it properly and you haven't worked hard. So hard work's a big one. Um, yeah, they're probably the biggest two for me. Um, Great lessons. Yeah, can I think of any? Great outlooks. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you're in the moment of like doing a podcast. There's there's always so much shit you want to say, but then like. Yeah. It, it, it all can't come out at Trying once. to make it as articulate for, as possible for the people listening. But, yeah. Um, yeah. They're probably the two biggest ones for me that kind of are at the foundation of everything that I do. And from those, everything kind of spills out. Yeah. yeah. It's been a good chat. We've been chatting for like 40 minutes, bro. This is always going to be... I was actually really nervous before doing this podcast because I, mean, <clears throat> I know a lot about you, so it's hard for me to bring up stuff that other people don't know about you because yeah. it's like there's so much that we could talk about we could sit here for five hours literally longer we could just chat all day because there's there's so much really awesome and powerful insight that you have for other people to listen to um i just i feel like you have such great life advice because <laughs> from oh, traveling you. bro like yeah. you, you it's a given you just you learn so much and you know you're at the age where age doesn't matter 
yeah. you know it's all it's all your outlook and how you kind of perceive situations and react to it because it's all like it's all internal um but yeah i wanted to bring up your online video course yeah because on the on the subject of giving insight that's probably one of the most awesome yeah. things you'll do is because so many people look up to you in terms of videos that you're going to give them something that they can learn from yeah i guess like one of the biggest things that i get asked on in the comment section of my videos is what camera was this shot on or how did you how did you do this part or there's a lot of there's a lot of young people who are kind of um wanting to kind of pursue a career of content creation whether that be just in their own life when they go on holidays or like work as a job working to creating content for brands and um, there's a massive need for education and not a lot of good reliable resources out there like there's youtube obviously like i said but there even then you have to dig deep and and sometimes the quality of that isn't that great or then like people might be leading you astray or mm. um so i kind of wanted to create a online course um that kind of consolidates all of my personal experience and knowledge um in specifically video editing this mm. one's just about editing because i feel like a lot of people are really good at shooting but it, when it comes to the technicalities of editing the content they kind of um don't quite have the the knowledge and the skills so and it's all in the edit and it's all in the edit you can edit really shit footage and make something really sick mm -hmm. but um if you have really good footage and you edit it shit like the video shit doesn't yeah. matter so i think um yeah i wanted to kind of focus on the edit because that's for me the most important part and that's where the storytelling and all of the little technical skills kind of come in together to make something engaging mm, syncing of the music and so yeah um uh it's about a eight hour course nine hour of video content of me talking on camera and um i'm actually making i mean i'm about 50 percent through i've done all of the theory um and now i'm actually so like i mentioned i'm doing my video wrap up mm. of 2018-19 um and i'm documenting my the process of editing that shit and then basically showing people step by step through screen recordings and like talking through a microphone, how I basically went from a bunch of hard drives and random footage to like a succinct wrap up video. Finished product, yeah. Yeah, so basically, yeah, when that video goes live, there'll be a link in the bio to go and watch, to, to go and basically buy the online course and, and do that. So yeah, I, I it's just basically I've wanted to make a course that like 18 year old me would could have used to accelerate my learning and kind of bypass film school and just kind of start straight away working yeah. with brands. So yeah, really excited about that. It's a lot of work and it's, it's, it's hard cause like when I'm traveling, working with brands, that's the kind of stuff that I can be putting on the Instagram stories and, and kind of that instantly goes out to the world. But this is kind of, I have to stick my head down and, yeah. and work hard for a couple of months and you won't hear or see from me from the next few months but mm -hmm. when it comes out I'm really excited and it's yeah it's the next phase for me mm. so yeah Super I really I really that. enjoy I really enjoy when you fucking post every day yeah <laughs> I, I'm I looking forward to getting back to that yeah. to be honest but um, yeah I find it yeah I kind of it's it's a tough one you know it's like hard. I it's I have so much content that I could be posting every day but it's just the physical action of 
getting like I'm quite particular with what I post on my feed and stuff. Mm. So it's like getting that all looking good and being present in with my family and, yeah. and Tilly, my girlfriend and my friends, but posting every day, it's just, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd rather just post a good piece of quality content every now and then rather than kind of just posting every day for the sake of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, there will be a point where I'm back to posting every day and it'll probably be around February next year when the online Ooh. course is out. So Ooh. yeah, I found a really cool app called later for scheduling Instagram posts. So you basically yeah. drop your photos in and it shows you like a mock-up feed of what your feed's going to look like. And so you it's can called later. Later. Yeah. And uh, you can then map out all your posts on a calendar. What time write your caption. And then when it comes time to post, you get a notification on your phone and then you click open in Instagram. It loads your photo into Instagram and then loads your caption in. And all you have to do is click post. Crazy. And it that for me helps a lot. But um, even that, yeah, takes a bit of time to schedule that content in. And yeah. For me, Te- technology. Right now. Yeah, technology, Te- technology, bro. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, bro. Um, just quickly, I feel like I wanted to bring this up and it's yeah. just come back to my head. But last winter... Every single morning, mm. we were doing like ice baths, swimming in the ocean. When it's and in Sydney in winter, it gets cold. Like the water gets to like, I think it was it got to twelve degrees at one yeah. point, which Chilly. is pretty. Like I mean, it's definitely cold in other areas in the world, but for us Sydney boys, like it's cold. Oh, it's cold enough to uh, get the blood pumping. That's for yeah. sure. It's actually out- my favorite winter of my life. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Hands down. I mean, and like we'd wake up, do that, and then go train or whatever and then meditate and it was just like the best start to our mornings ever um unfortunately this winter because of traveling and life and stuff it didn't do too much of that but yeah i wasn't yeah, i was away for a good amount of time this winter and mm-hmm. yeah just i moved moved houses slightly away from you and just drifting apart man <sighs> <laughs> but again drift back and forth but yeah no the um the cold water stuff's amazing like i at that point felt like the best I'd felt in a yeah. long time. Um, yeah. You and I both know about Wim Hof. He's yeah. this incredible kind of... I don't even know how you it's describe hard. him. Inspiration. He's, he's like a scientist, innovator. but a natural, natural, naturalist. Legionnaire. Like, yeah, he um, basically has been pushing his body to the limit for the last however many years and um, submerges himself in cold water, ice cold water, after doing... Uh, these breathing exercises and ha- holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest time submerged in ice cold water. He's like walked across the Sahara Desert in his bodies yeah, he did with Ever- no water. Did he's Everest? Climbed Everest in his boxer shorts with no shoes. And like, um, he's I think he swam fifty meters under like an ice yeah covered like you know how like the, a lake like a lake yeah a frozen lake. He's a, honestly a freak of nature, but he it all happens through like breathing techniques and and controlling your mind and mm. you and me kind of apply that to just going for a swim in the cold ocean and doing yeah. ice baths but it like literally primes you for the best day like yeah it does it's like you've had four cups of coffee before 8 a.m and you just like whatever you have to do that day you just dive into it head first and it's like you're peaking yeah it's epic you've hit that fight or flight mood and you've done it in the morning and you've hit fight not flight and you've kind of like ready to you bring that mindset towards anything yeah like I can do oh. so good mm. that's a that's a the um catch to it summer it's like the water gets warm but then you don't get that 
bus. So yeah. you gotta find it somewhere else. Uh, we should we'll get a nice bus for sure. Sweaty though. That's a dream. It's like having a house with like an an ice box that's like constantly cold and a and sauna. A sauna. Oh, <laughs> damn. There we go. There we go. There we oh, go. That's the dream. Sauna, ice bath, and a lot of other things. <laughs> Slippery slide. Slippery slide. Fireman's pole. Cliff jump. <laughs> But bro, I'm, Mate, sure, I'm sure we're going to do a lot more chats like yeah. this. I mean, there's so this many things that are coming to my mind now, but I think we should wrap it up. But dude, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. This. Thanks for listening if you've made it this far. <laughs> dude, I say that every single time and people always say, stop saying I've made, like, yeah. you've made it this far. Like, I, I appreciate every single person that listens to me. And I, yeah. the thing is, I just wouldn't expect anyone to listen to me blabble on for 40 minutes. Yeah. But I appreciate that people do. And I'm glad that, you know, having really cool people like yourself come on to give positive insight actually resonates with people it's fucking awesome the opportunity we have in life but um for anyone listening if you have any other questions i I, me and sam can always link up he lives just up the road so we can always chat fire away um in february he's gonna his video course is gonna come out so we'll definitely try link and do one before then but make sure you follow sam at sam evans life um keep up to date with his um monthly posting and (laughs) 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 oh mate thanks for having me it's been fun Ah, fucking bring it in. For everyone, we're hugging. We're hugging right now. (laughs) This is a really nice hug. And I'm speaking real close to the microphone. But everyone, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's ASMR now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, everybody have a great day. Send me a DM if you enjoyed it or just just send me a DM, please. (laughs) Everyone have a good day and uh, I'll chat to you next time. Peace. Bye.